Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. next interview is with Dr. Mari Swingle. She has written a book called I Minds: How Cell Phones, Computers, Gaming, and Social Media Are Changing Our Brains, Our Behavior, and the Evolution of Our Species. This is a fascinating uh, interview, a fascinating book. You need to get the book. You need to listen to the interview. You need to rethink your uh, take on technology, it seems to me. We talk about uh, directional versus correctional therapies. We talk about I babies and about relationships and the whole idea of mediation. We talk about lifestyle advertising and Hollywood and gaming and how all of these things are kind of affecting, you know, who we are and, and, and what it means um, to be human. And, and, and Dr. Swinkle talks a lot about uh, this idea of rewiring as kids and its children, um, you know, with being sort of mediated by the screen and by the image constantly. And what is this actually doing to who we are and where we're heading? And it's not just a conversation in a book about children either. It's about adults and, and, and how we behave and relate to others as well. So uh, buckle up. I think you're going to really uh, enjoy it and uh, start paying attention to the, quote, fine print uh, of the research, close quote, uh, Dr. Swingle and her book, I Minds, coming up. DavidPeckLive.com for more information and access to other podcasts, uh, rabble.ca. If you would like to get a copy of my book, Real Change is Incremental, uh, available on Amazon. And if you'd like to book me uh, for an event uh, coming up to speak or to do a live podcast on stage, please get in touch with me through the website, davidpecklive.com. And wait for it, I Minds and Dr. Mari Swingle next. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by another very special uh, guest here with us uh, today. Dr. Mari Swingle is here to talk about, I think, a whole lot of things, but most importantly, I think her new book, I Minds. Uh, Dr. Swingle, thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate your time. It's my pleasure. So you are a psychoneurophysiologist, and I say that with a little bit of, smi- of a smile just because I'm not quite sure what it means. Can you, can you help us out with that a bit? 
Sure. It's kind of a blend. It's an applied branch of uh, psychology, essentially. Okay. Um, but we're working with uh, a, a branch of neurology as well, uh, which is brain waves. Uh, so we essentially work with the EEG, electroencephalography, if you want to, another one to chew on. Yeah, I just gonna, I'm going to affectionately refer to it as ECG, if that's okay. EEG. Oh, sorry. <laughs> So I can't even get the acronym right. So it's you know. So so take it from there. I have to look at your brain then. That's right. I think can we can we hook me up right now? You know, maybe maybe do a study while we're actually going through this interview. So so what exactly then do 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 you do when you are sort of? It sounds to me like you're kind of bridging the gap almost between mm-hmm. maybe psychology or maybe not bridging a gap, but actually building a bridge between psychology and neurology. Um, I believe so. I think this is the, uh, you know, no pun intended, the, the, the wave of things to come. Right. Um, you know, there's a lot of discussion now on top down and bottom up. Mm. Um, but, for example, when people come to us for intakes, um, they have that option. And uh, when we talk about uh, bottom up, when a client comes in, um, of course they fill out all the legal forms, but they don't say a word when they sit down um, on my couch or, or at the uh, computer and we literally hook up the brain um, and see what the brain is telling us in terms of efficiency and inefficiency, and then what individuals with their relative profile tend to be experiencing. Uh, So we can see uh, a predisposition to states of anxiety, which is correlated with a brain that can't tolerate stress. This is also a predisposition to self-medicating behavior, which Mm. is a light way of saying addiction. Um, We can see uh, propensity to learning difficulties, and and ADHD is a big one. Um, But in terms of what we're looking at, there are 14 different sites on the brain that can be responsible for the same set of symptoms. So we get in with an amount of detail that pen and paper tests uh, can't show us. And also, if the client just shares a symptom, we know what they're experiencing but we don't know at a deeper level why. So, again, this is one of the reasons why, uh, for example, in depression, um, many, many uh, psychiatrists are prescribing this, prescribing that. Well, if this one doesn't work, we'll try another one. It's because they're affecting the wrong brain region. And when we go in with the EEG, we can see which brain region is affected. I mean, I'm obviously biased because it's my profession, Mm -hmm. um, but we get precision that nobody else does. And is that, is, so is this about sort of heading these issues off at the pass, as it were? In other words, so let's, let's, we, we know that you have a propensity towards X, Y, or Z. Let's, you know, get you into some sort of therapy or into some sort of, uh, you know, program that's going to help ultimately with that addictive behavior or sleep disorder or whatever the case it might be. We have to be really, really careful about that. Um, and especially with children. I talk about direction versus correction a lot when I'm working with um, younger folks. Hmm. And um, when we look at the brain, uh, what we're seeing are liabilities. It Hmm. doesn't mean that it's expressed itself. So this is the field of epigenetics. When somebody knocks on our door and, and wants an appointment, we know something has expressed itself. Otherwise, they wouldn't be coming to us. So if if we find something in a child whose parent brings them in just for curiosity, um, we we go through the whole um, assessment, but we also look at whether it's expressed itself. Um, One of the things I talk about in the book is the difference between drive and addiction, and quite frankly, they're identical. Hmm. Um, And if uh, the the 
precise example I have are Olympic uh, swimmers. And if you look at Phelps, wow. <laughs> I mean, it's a personification of exactly what I've been talking about for many, many years. So if you uh, direct a child towards something exceptional and keep the brain and the body, for that matter, very, very occupied, you are going to have excellence like you would not believe. That said, if you don't direct the brain and that child finds street drugs, you have the worst mm. addict on the planet. Right. So, you know, it, it's a dance between the two. Um, and it's, it's very, very delicate. Well, it's really interesting. I'm just going to read, uh, by the way, the, the site uh, for my listeners is uh, DR Mari Swingle. That's D R M A R I Swingle, S W I N G L E dot com. Uh, or search just uh, uh, her name and the book, I Minds. Quote, engaging and entertaining yet scientifically rigorous, this extraordinary book is an ins- indispensable look at a revolution where the only constant is change. I love that, by the way. <laughs> food, food for thought about which aspects of technology we should embrace, what we should unequivocally reject, and the many facets of the digital era that we should now be debating. This is your survival guide for the digital era, close quote. Now, as a young dad, well, I'm not so young, but uh, I have an 11-year-old and a 9-year-old very relevant to me. As I read uh, through your book, the subtitle here is, <laughs> How Could I Not Pay Attention? How Cell Phones, Computers, Gaming, and Social Media Are Changing Our Brains, Our Behavior, and the Evolution of Our Species. It sounds very doomy and gloomy. Um, uh, well, it can be. Yeah, it for sure. It to be, but it, it yeah. can be. Um, and what I like to talk about is essentially we're talking about overconsumption of right. brain-based technologies, and we're talking about non-mitigated. Um, Interesting. Okay. You know, technology is here to stay, and um, I really, really hate it when people just get all negative. It's not all negative, um, and the, many applications are fabulous. But we know about the good stuff. What we need to do is look at the subtle things um, and the really overt things that pull us in a really negative direction. And I'm extremely concerned with children in development because you don't get a second chance. You know, mm. Once the brain mm-hmm. rewires in a negative, you know, techno way, uh, you have problems. And they tend to be behavioral and scholastic. You talk, I, I love the way you say at one point in the book, it just made me kind of smile. You say, you know, come to our office and we've, we, we use technology really well here. You know, it's, we've got lots of it, right? I mean, I, you hook, you're hooking me up to wires, my brain, oh, up to, yeah. you know, I mean, that's, you know, you don't get much more technological, I suppose, than surgery or maybe flying. And you're to, in front of a screen. And you're in front of a screen. There you go. Could we be more ironic and paradoxical? So, so is this about that bridge? Is this about the balance? Is this about saying yes to some things and no to others? Precisely. Um, and gaining the knowledge, one of my key motivations for writing this book was to start an open and honest uh, debate. Mm. I get very, very upset at the industry, and apologies to some fractions of the media uh, for just running with um, information that may or may not be true. Uh, there are so many red herrings out there. If you look at the headlines of, you know, gaming is good for you, improves geolocation and, and, and spatial, you know, it, it goes on and on. And then you get to the fine print of the research and that secret language of statistics that many people don't read anymore, you find a very, very different picture. Um, and many of us in the, in the profession who do read this secret language uh, get very frustrated with how much time we spend you know, qualifying
amplifying our research against the headlines mm. and against, against a, a tech-funded uh, perspective. Um, the truth is in the middle. I, I like to say, if your kids enjoy gaming, by all means have them game. But, but let it be one of the many, many things they do. Right. And our problems arise when that's all they do, and it's used as an electronic babysitter. Right. I was just going to say the iPad becomes a babysitter. Yes. Yeah, and development, that, I mean, that handicaps a child socially for life, and so, behaviorally as well. So would you say as a doctor, as an academic, and so on, that you're um, most concerned about the, the relational implications? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know where you want me to start on that. <laughs> <laughs> I like, mean, hey. well, so many, right? You've got yeah. you've got kids with students. You've got them with their brothers and sisters, their moms yeah. and dads, their friends, their families, and so on. If their relationship is only to a screen, there's... Yeah. there's well, let me start in yeah. the cradle. Yeah. Um, and I call them iBabies. Um, and, uh, again, there was direct marketing um, until I think it was the American Pediatric Society went, whoa. Um, so, essentially, medicine is change, uh, chasing us. Oh, the ba baby, yeah, you just made me think of the Baby Einstein yeah. videos that uh, were so popular for a few years. And touted, uh, just like Luminosity, uh, touted for all of their great learning abilities right. and cognitive function. And it was exactly the opposite. Children lear learned six to eight words less per hour that they mm. were watching it. Mm. Same thing with Luminosity. It's completely debunked. Uh, they, they've had to pay, I believe it was $2 million to the American Board of Trade for false advertising. Wow. But they're still going. They've just changed right. the wording in their right. advertising. But let me get back to kids in the cradle. Um, and the first three years of life are absolutely critical for what we call attachment. Now, this is a really popular term now, but what attachment means is brain wiring uh, for social uh, uh, dependence. And I mean hmm. dependence in a positive way. Right, okay. All okay. babies are dependent, whether it's on right. breast milk or, or food or, you know, well, well, the same thing at that point. Um, but if a, a, a child needs to be touched, sung to, and made eye contact with for all of these brain systems to wire, if we don't do that, it doesn't wire or it doesn't wire well. And we know this emphatically from, uh, from Latin adoption. So whether they're uh, children out of uh, Eastern Europe many years ago or uh, little baby girls out of China um, that essentially were left in orphanages uh, on their backs in, in cribs uh, for, for eight months or so without all that parent-infant or, or caretaker interaction, uh, they're extremely developmentally and socially compromised. Um, because those systems didn't wire. Um, we call it neuronal Darwinism. So essentially, if pathways are not engaged, they, they don't engage. And it affects every single uh, relationship thereafter. Uh, bottom line is, if you had a really snuggly, cooey, tickly uh, babyhood, uh, you're going to be a really good friend and a really good partner. Uh, if you didn't have that, um, you know, uh, states of fear and anxiety uh, with social interaction become dominant. Um, and I, I can go through each and every uh, stage when we get into um, younger children. Uh, again, if they're on screens, they're not looking uh, they're, uh, at uh, their caretakers or even their, their friends. And there are a couple of really interesting studies out there that are showing that children are de uh, developing what I call autistic-like characteristics mm -hmm. 
without being autistic. Right. So essentially, they don't have any of the neurology that would tell us that this is a, um, yeah, a, 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 the direct, that they are autistic or have autism. Um, and what uh, is being found is we are losing the ability to read facial cues. Uh, we are losing the ability uh, to determine voice prosody. Um, and if we, we look into uh, texting and things, I mean, the little emojis and, and the winky faces and smiley faces, I mean, they're all great, but the side, uh, um, side swipe, ha-ha, I've got to put some puns in here, <laughs> is that we're, we're losing our ability to interpret uh, prose or text without these um, e emotional uh, guidelines or subscript. Um, so it's it really, really interesting times. Uh, there's a fellow named Chatfield who's uh, written a book, which is, I, I'm sorry, I forget the, the title, and he's all pro, pro, pro. And we have to read some of his stuff. He's, he's calling it a new language. Mm. Um, yes. And, you know, the, the, the elder should get with it. I mean, there's some truth in that. Sure. Um, and, and this is what I want us debating. It's like, okay, is this the way it's going, that we just write differently? Um, or is there a, a social development, uh, developmental crisis going on in that we can't communicate face-to-face uh, -face and our brains can't interpret anymore? The truth yeah. is more in the middle. I mean, I think, you know, I don't know if you would agree with this or not, but I think human beings have a tough time communicating face-to-face, -face, period. I really ah, do. That's what adolescence is for. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and then throw these devices in, these, the ubiquity of the screen. It's just going to add to that problem Bingo. it seems to me yeah. yeah so it's not it's not building you up it's kind of breaking it down or or, or, or i guess you would say mediating it i suppose for well yeah it's a, it, if you have a digital mediator these skills don't develop mm. and adolescence you know i talked about um early childhood adolescence is the second great phase of development um wherein the, the frontal lobes are in massive development and this is you know the emotional regulation that's going on and most adolescents are extremely awkward, mm. uh, not only with the opposite gender, because this is when they're learning the rules of social sexuality, um, but you, you, you have to go through that awkward phase because it's setting you up again for future interactions. Uh, this is also where whether we're going to be introverts or extroverts is, is confirmed. And again, there's nothing wrong with being uh, an introvert. And we have another social attack on that. We're calling it social anxiety and, and giving uh, youth pills now. Um, no, nothing wrong with being an introvert. Many, many people are very, very happy you know, alone in their own company or gathering in, in small groups. And there's a huge difference between being alone mm. and being lonely. Mm. Catch, when you go on devices, as opposed to finding your inner introvert self at that point, that, again, will affect your social development. So uh, fascinating stuff on this. It really is. Just this morning, um, I was uh, looking at the news uh, on my device, and I <laughs> honestly, I, and I didn't even think of our, our interview today, but I said to my wife, Elizabeth, I said, you know, I wish I enjoyed reading news more on my iPad. I, I'm I'm a bit old school. I'm yeah. I'm all, I've asked my friends. I'm a lot old school, so I still like the newspaper. I, yeah. I I like to be able to write in a book on the margins and underline and so on. Um, but this morning, uh, CBC back to school. How young is too young for a cell phone? 
And um, I'm uh, quoting, quoting a mother of an eight-year-old, I'm totally against it. Kids should just be kids, says the mother of an eight-year-old. Really interesting article, and I think the, ti- the timing is pretty interesting, too, for, uh, for us and our conversation. Is there, um, I've, I've got so many questions, Dr. Sungo, but are you in a way, and I think you are, um, uh, advocating for more play? Hugely so. Hugely yeah, so. Yeah. Um, I, and, so you don't, you don't care if a five-year-old knows how to add two and two? No. In fact, a lot of the literature, primarily out of Northern Europe, that if you delay what we refer to as formal education um, until seven, uh, children do substantially better, have less anxiety, mm. um, and this goes uh, throughout the school system where... Essentially, early uh, kindergarten was a war effort to uh, essentially babysit kids so, so moms could join the workforce while, while, while dads were, were, were fighting. Right. Um, and we kind of kept to it. So um, it, what you, don't get me wrong. You want to read your kids. You want to have them gain curiosity for numbers and letters and words and all of that. Uh, but the formal teaching uh, should really be held off on, until uh, much later. Um, I, I think again to, to pseudo quote for the book from the book, but you know I say something to the effect that there's, there's absolutely no um, you know positive gain to a child coming home knowing that the color um, uh, red is the color of fire trucks and <laughs> right. apples and things like right. that. But there is a, a lot of positive to a child coming home with a sleepy smile and red paint under their fingers. Well, there's something, there's something, I think, I don't know what it is, but I mean, I work in development. So when you go to a donor and you ask for money, they want to know about tangibles, they want results, they want, what are our indicators? So, you know, very similarly, when a, when a kid comes home from school with a report card, if they get an A, that's tangible. If they can add, that's tangible. Mm -hmm. But if they come home and they're humming a new song... You know, I mean, I remember, <laughs> I remember speaking at an event once, uh, a bunch of bankers, and I said, so, any other liberal arts grads in the room? And I put my hand up, you know, <laughs> two degrees in flow. I was the only guy of 200 people with my arm up. Yeah. And there was a part of me that, <laughs> and of course, big laugh, and it was great, and we were, and I was able to use that as a launching point for, for a further uh, point that I was trying to make. Mm-hmm. But I wonder sometimes if we're focusing way too much on, you know, results, Usually so. You know, um, and, and what what are we measuring? That, that's well, what are we measuring? Yeah, that's the question, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, again, I could go on, on on about this, but have your children play. Um, the, again, one of the major issues is we're paying so much for childcare now that we we want results. We mm. want we want some, uh, something uh, tangible. And um, my very uh, strong attitude there is your your paying for somebody to take care of your child, mind your child, um, engage with your child, supervise your child while you are putting a roof over their head. Um, in terms of you know, early uh, childhood education, um, I, I think should be banished, so to speak, right. until age seven. Yeah. Uh, and again, there's far too much developmental variation um, in, in young children. It's, it's not... You know, we have our textbook measures of you should sure. walk at this month and talk at this month and, and, and whatnot, but there's incredible variation. Not to mention that in groups of children in a scholastic year, you are going to have 12 months variation in development. And some of the earlier work on ADHD, uh, when they started looking at it, they universally found that the children with ADD or ADHD 
were uh, late summer babies. Hmm. So essentially, they had eight to twelve months less development than the other kids. So there wasn't anything wrong with them in terms of attention spans. Just in a little life of six years or five years, you're doing you're dealing with a fifth of a lifespan. Uh, they were younger. They weren't ADHD. They were younger. So how does how does the parent compete against you know lifestyle advertising, mm-hmm. Hollywood, the pornography industry, the gaming industry? multi multi billions of dollars worth of you know the free market (laughs) and i use that in quotes uh how how do you compete against that very very difficult to do so um and i I, again i do and oh hey how do you compete against that and not come out looking like an idiot (laughs) or 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 the moron or boy you know yesterday uh two boys over playing with my son and one of them said oh your dad's so cool because i was sort of, I guess, giving them some freedom. And, yeah. you know, heaven forbid that I wasn't, you know, putting rules up and drawing a, a fence around them. You know what I mean? And yeah. and this young guy thought that was just the greatest thing. And so mm-hmm. how do you do that and still... Stay cool. Stay and still, cool. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And, um, still, and still hopefully attend to your, your kids, you know, development. Yeah, well, what I share with a lot of... I can't tell you how many times I have a parent sitting on my couch... Uh, lamenting of this, that, and the other. And I say, you're right. And do you know how many parents sit on my couch with the same problems? Now, I can't put you together because of laws of confidentiality, okay? But you're out there. Right. Um, and get old-fashioned, okay? Find... <laughs> Sorry, say that again, get old-fashioned? Get old-fashioned. Okay, I'm getting that made up on a T-shirt. <laughs> okay. and, and we'll share the profits. How's that? <laughs> Perfect, perfect. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um, but essentially what you want to do is find the, the parents in your kids' class or the parents on the block or in the neighborhood who have equal concerns mm. um, and get together. And so, for example, if you don't allow gaming in your house, they don't go, uh, I don't know, to Amir's house and then they game all day. <laughs> right, okay. right. You know, so, you know, and, and your house is not the cool house because you won't allow gaming. So you get together with parents who... Uh, have the same type of philosophies. Now, let's not forget parents as well, okay? Romance is dead in, in many, many marriages or partnerships with young children. Well, I was just going to say, this isn't, mm-hmm. your message, your book, I Minds, is not just for kids. This no. is not, no, this is this is for all of us. This is a kind of a wake-up call for all of us to not only start speaking about it, but also to start kind of acting about it and maybe, you know, as you say, you, 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 you turn off your devices after a certain time and, mm-hmm. you know, that's one of the things you've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm certainly trying to And it's to hard. Don't it is it hard. Wrong. It is yeah. hard. But, but I think, I think, I think it's important for the listeners to know this book is not just about, you know, how to police your kids. No. This is about what, what's happening to us culturally as globally. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether you want me to continue on on that thought. I, I uh, totally do. Yeah. No, the, that whole over- idea of, because I, I want to be a cool parent. I mean, come on. Okay. <laughs> when you over-control your kids, yeah. a lot more of your time is spent policing. Um, the, the other is children do not learn to negotiate and renegotiate rules and behavior, which is extremely uh, important. Um, but you also don't have your time. Um, and if you get back to old-fashioned parenting when, you know, a, a, a big gang of kids is in somebody's backyard or, God forbid, down at the park unsupervised, okay, um, this gives parents opportunity to tend to many things, including each other. Um, and check local statistics. It is not true in every neighborhood, um, but if you look at the majority of local statistics, the world is actually safer now uh, right. than 
Right. was in the Leave it to Beaver age in the 1950s. Right, right. Um, and we, again, media, uh, things do go wrong, and they go terribly wrong. But when it happens, it's blasted everywhere, which makes you feel that there's a pedophile and a rapist in mm. every park. Mm. Um, the other is uh, when, when children play and negotiate play, they also learn boundaries of danger. Um, which uh, many games are taking away. This impulsive, this is, this is the actual connection with ADHD um, and screens and gaming, is children do not learn physical boundaries. Um, I, don't, I don't know what your age is, but for those of us who are a little bit older, remember the high swings in, park, in the park? We had the low swings and we had the high swings. Yeah, sure. And yeah, we all of knew when we were ready for the high swing. Right. Not necessarily because our parents would tell us, but because we had learned the rules of the low swing. Right. There are no more high swings. And the reason for that is, you know, if you get on, a, you know, a, um, I'm just going to say a high swing on a game and you fall off, you get a redo. You get on a high swing in a park and you fall off, you break your arm. Right. So, you know, there are many, um, many, many stages to learning, including uh, the learning of danger and also learning the, the rules of emotion essentially what hurts other children and what hurts self. Do you think it's still too early to tell what the real implications of all this are going to be? You know, I mean, here we go with Pokemon Go and, and, and the madness of that, and it's pretty much, I just got back from Southeast Asia. I mean, it's everywhere. It's, mm -hmm. you know, and that's just one simple thing, uh, yeah. you know, in this sort of crazy digital age that we, yeah. uh, that we live in. Um, you know, it's still pretty new, right? I mean, yeah. we, we don't really know, I suppose, what, what the bigger implications could be. What, what's this going to do to the workforce in 30 years? Uh, well, I'm going to go, quote, directly from the book. We are in a live social experiment, mm. and we don't know the outcome. Mm. But it, it's not a bunch of, you know, lab rats, okay? <laughs> and my generation is the last generation on this planet that knows what the world was pre-ITEC. And right. we're scared. Right. And we're, right. we're called a bunch of luddites, unfortunately. Um, but if you, how many generations of individuals do you need who have compromised social interaction skills, including uh, lessened ability to read facial cues, do you have until you change world culture? Okay, like if you really want to get creepy, think Borg. Yeah, sure, okay. sure. Um, the good news is I'm talking about this. Many other people are talking about this. And I think if we listen to unvested interest, okay, of course I want you to buy my book. Please buy my book. That's okay? right, yes. But I am not a, you know, a, um, uh, a tech company, um, which is, you know, when, when companies get too big, um, they're all for profit and, and lose perspective on some of the other things. The other is well, many people really believe um, that they're not doing any harm. Um, but um, bottom line is the good news is I think we're in a conversation, and I am really, really hoping if enough of us talk about this, enough of us go, wait a minute, when we see these extremely positive and extremely negative headlines and we, and we look in the middle, that maybe we can learn to embrace positive technology and use it as the magnificent tool it was designed to right, be, but right. as a tool, not a replacement uh, for many of the things that, that, that humans do. Um, then we're going to be okay. Uh, but, you know, we have eight, ten years uh, to get this job done. So are you an advocate for, hmm, 
what's what is the how do I phrase this question? So I guess so. So my kids are of an age now where you know we're um, nine and eleven. Uh, they don't have their uh, own their own phones yet, but they've there's enough devices in the house. We don't we don't have filters. Um, you know, we watch, um, we're, we're careful, my wife and I, about the movies that we watch together as a family. We try to watch them as a family. I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm a huge film buff. I'm about to step into the Toronto International Film Festival. I love movies. I'm quite liberal when it comes to the films I see and so on and want to share those with my family and my kids, but at the right time. So I don't think mm -hmm. it's, I don't, I don't think Grand Theft Auto is, is, uh, I don't think my son's ready for it I, I, yet. I don't think, or maybe he never should be ready for it. So I guess I'm kind of teasing this out as a parent uh, who's sort of dealing with this right now as we speak. Um, is it about filters? Is Very it about, so. is it about saying absolutely not? Or anything is it? you would with anything else. Because you know, the isn't isn't I mean isn't the reality they're gonna there's a, they're gonna get access through their friends I I mean that's sort of how I see it but anyway mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah um, you know safety before privacy is one of the big ones um, and uh, again many parents are caught in the trap of having their parents or sorry their children accusing of them of spying on them and, right. and all these things and it, the tale of wagging the dog it's reversed I take back parenting. Right, um, right. You know, in the in the good old days when we had landlines, you know, whether we were up to sneaky things or, you know, we, we were talking on the phone in 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 the living room, and and when we wanted to get sneaky, you know, we, we went out behind the schoolyard and and stole kisses and things. <laughs> right. That's perfectly, you know, natural behavior. You you actually want your your kids to explore a little bit of deviance. Now. And and know when they need when it's gone too far and they need to turn right. back. Well, I think you know what that's kind of how I feel about the film. I I want my kids to become literate mm -hmm. in in mm -hmm. when it comes to media. I want them to be able to say no. I don't want to watch that film because of this, yeah. or I don't want to play that game because of this. It makes but, me uncomfortable, or it's crossing but, a line. Yeah, the catch is, and I'm going to get into the science a little mm, bit. Please, um, is there something that we call the pull that when we're sitting um, in front of the screen, we we get pulled in um, through the, the protection of the screen, meaning we feel a little bit distant so we don't feel in danger. And curiosities that we would have in face-to-face um, -face or, you know, normal life, uh, our stop points um, are at different places. Okay, so if you look at, um, I was talking about stealing a kiss in the, in the back of the schoolyard, you know, versus sexting or cyber sex. Okay. So people will explore aspects of their personality, adults, that they'd never do otherwise, and they can develop these alter egos. That's a whole other story. But in terms of children, um, they're going places with this uh, extreme curiosity um, where th their pull-out point should be a, a little bit um, earlier. Mm. And that's where parents come in. Now, I'm not pro-porn. Don't, don't get me wrong. But... Your kids are going to see it. It's going to pop up. Okay. Sure, of course. But if you're around, okay, um, you know, you can parent. Whether and, and parenting choices, there's so many. You can be a really severe parent, okay, and say, no, absolutely not, that's evil, okay. Or you can be uh, a moderate parent and saying, yes, there's an industry of sexuality. Or I mean, you can choose. You know, parenting styles don't change. Um, and, and that's a very, very individual decision. Um, but you need still to be there. 
um, and getting dark and creepy again. We're, we're finding uh, many 9- to 11-year-old boys are discovering triple-X porn um, and becoming rather addicted to it. Mm. And um, the, the catch is there are areas of the brain that don't... The sex, uh, sexuality, essentially, in the brain, there are areas that... Um, uh, essentially are behind sexual drive uh, that don't develop the way they're designed to, meaning these young males do not develop an interest in young females. Okay, so there's no pursuit. Um, so, the re so, so back to sort of our original question about, or my original question about relationships, the relationship then, the human contact becomes mediated. Becomes yes. bro it's broken down. There's a, yes. There is no bridge. And when we, we kind of talk about older uh, males, I don't know what your, your audience is and how sexual we can get here, um, but essentially there's a new erectile dysfunction here, and it has nothing to do with blood flow. So we're not talking about Viagra and Cialis being able to help. It's an arousal template, meaning hmm. real females don't do it uh, for males that have had extensive uh, exposure online. Now, there's the other side. I'm talking about the boys. Um, we, we saw this probably around 10 years ago, and we blamed it all on the music industry. Right. Uh, you know, when, whether it was from, you know, 9 to uh, 15 or so, when very young females were becoming hypersexualized. You know, the songs coming out of the jeans sure. and, and, you know, uh, breasts popping out. Um, that wasn't necessarily the music industry. That was that young males weren't looking at young females anymore. So young females had to up their game. Mm. Um, now, I'm all for equality of the sexes, meaning, you know, girls ask guys for dates and guys ask girls for, for dates. But in terms of, you know, brain wiring, uh, when the, the uh, sexual pursuit is wired out of males for real females, um, there's an issue. Well, it's interesting, too. I don't know if you've ever read John Berger's book, Ways of Seeing, but uh, it's a... It's a hmm. I don't remember the date on it, but the whole idea of the male gaze and how much of, um, not everything, but how so much, well, lifestyle advertising for sure, and, yeah. and, and so much of what we see, so much of the mediated image does yeah. seem to come through that, or at least that notion yeah. uh, of what the male gaze is supposed to like, right? Yeah. What, the, yeah. what the normal in italics thing mm -hmm. is supposed to be. And so, uh, so what you're sort of saying, not sort of saying, but what you're saying in the book is that that kids, and particularly boys, are being um, um, re rewired, in a yeah. sense, or predisposed to a very particular image. Yeah. Or, well, or even, I guess, sadly, almost a particular kind of person, in a way, even though yeah. that's not really what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. I have to backtrack a little bit, though, too. It's one of the things in the book is I put this in cultural context. Mm -hmm that we can't blame this all on iTech. There are many other things sure. going on. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, it's also culturally uh, dependent. Um, and, you know, some flags that get people very, very angry um, on, on both sides. And I'm, I'm going to go there um, at risk of hate mail. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, you're, you're a young female and a young male, or, or even older, um, in an office situation. And uh, how many times can a young, uh, can a male ask a female on a date before she calls it sexual harassment? Hmm. Okay? So 
part of that is, yes, we don't want unwanted attention. Um, but on the other hand, if you go to other cultures, if the female doesn't say no three times, then uh, they're not playing the game properly. So, you know, what are the rules of the game? We, we have to redefine what the rules of the game are. Um, well, it's, it's so, you know what's so interesting, too, is I just uh, I interviewed recently um, Ed Wilson, who's the director of the International Justice Mission, and we were talking about poverty, extreme poverty and violence and the connection. Mm -hmm. And it's all based on a book called The Locust Effect, which essentially says that if personal security isn't attended to in the global south, then we're never going to be able to deal with, you know, the bigger issues. Yeah. And, and they talk a great deal about gender violence. Mm -hmm. and about gender disparity and, mm -hmm. and, and how that's pretty much connected to everything. Mm -hmm. And it's so, so I, I don't know where you would stand on that, but, but you know, the White Rimmit campaign, for instance, Todd Minderson's uh, work in, in Toronto and what they're trying to do to change boys' attitudes towards women and girls and so on, and, and at a very young age, and to get them more engaged in the conversation and so on, that connected with this whole iTech thing. I mean, mm -hmm. now, now, now we're kind of talking, right? It's mm -hmm. not, it's not, it's not an either or distinction. Well, you want to see gender bias on steroids, get it, get into the tech industry. Right. You know, um, good old tech Barbie, when she came out, all of these. <laughs> I wow, don't know what that is. Feeds on that. What is tech Barbie? Yeah. What is that? Is that oh, like it was actually, a, you know, a Barbie in her, in her old body. Okay. Before we had all of the beautiful difference body tech. Um, and, you know, it was blasted online. Please Google it and see what the comments were. Um, it was disgusting. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, and there's a reason why uh, females aren't in the tech industry as much as they should be. That said, uh, e-literature is a, a, a growing field and dominated by females, which is really, really nice. So uh, there, there are some positives. Um, but going back to game culture, um, it, I mean, all very, very um, uh, negative in, in terms of female stereotypes. Right, Whether it's right. body types or sure. extreme uh, violent masculinity. Um, it, it's interesting stuff. It really is. I mean, interesting, it's disturbing. I mean, it's, it's, it's so many things. And as a, uh, an older parent with young kids, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's muddy waters is an understatement, right? How, how do you attend to this? I mean, we got, sadly, we got to wrap up the conversation, um, but I'm hoping we can do a part two, but I do want to say congrats on the book and, and, and thank you for the book. And, and I mean, clearly, you're you're trying to push the dialogue forward. And can can I ask you one more question before we? Absolutely. Are you are you hopeful about where we're heading? I mean, I do ask that a lot of people that I talk to because often there is kind of a doom and gloom like edge to our conversations on my my podcast. The good thing about me is I'm an internal optimist, right? Um, and I'm I'm a therapist by profession, um, and I will be continuing to to write and disseminate this. And I'm overjoyed with the positive response on the book. And again, it's because of the balance. Um, so I think if yeah, let, let's keep the the middle voice going. Uh, oh, stop good. being completely pro, completely calm. Yes. On, the middle voice and look at the the cultural influences like it's not just about tech it's about other things happening in our world that are permitting tech to find these what i refer to as negative niches as mm. opposed to being used as positive tools we're going to be okay but if we stop the dialogue um and we just get completely pro 
completely con, as with anything else. Uh, we're just going to go to war, and there's no good result to war. Do you have a bumper sticker that says, like, turn off your screen? <laughs> I should. <laughs> I should have a T-shirt. Hey, yes. let's do that T-shirt. Hey, let's. <laughs> I think we have a business. Uh, we're okay. We've got a small business we're developing here. The book is called I Minds: How Cell Phones, Computers, Gaming, and Social Media Are Changing Our Brains, Our Behavior, and the Evolution of Our Species. Dr. Mari Swingle is the author. Uh, check it out online, drmariswingle.com. Thanks so much for your time today. I uh, wow. I feel like talk about scratching the surface again. Once again, just blown away by by the 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 passion and your and your commitment to, to, the, to the issues and the cause and I hope we can do part two down the road. Okay, same here. Thanks for the opportunity to chat. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.